FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Hey everybody, episode 14. We're smashing through the season. <laughs> we are. A lot, of, a lot of work, but it's... Uh, it looks like we just sit down and, and uh, talk, but there's... That would be so good <laughs> if we could do that and we just knew everything. <laughs> I woke up really early this morning to oh f- to prepare for this podcast. But it's... Like even before this podcast, I was just... Uh, we were just praying and I've just... My heart was so full of gratitude for this podcast because I noticed the difference. I'm really... I, I love the word of God. I love the gospels. I love... Um, I just love learning. It's so good and I... F- we were just talking through our notes and I'd studied for this yesterday and it always takes me a while to just get back into the zone. So I think you've got the upper hand because you've been thinking about this all morning. I'm <laughs> yes. coming in from yesterday. But then it's so <laughs> funny. Like in six weeks' time, I find myself having conversations with friends and I just pull out all this knowledge. Yeah, and the, did you know that? <laughs> yeah. And if only I could just do James that in the John. actual podcast. But no. <laughs> because you relax with it, I suppose. Once you relax with this information, even our listeners, you know, I, I we hear from listeners who uh, all of a sudden re- start realizing that they know the word of God, that they're understanding God's word and they can bring it up in their conversation, in their prayer and understand things in context. And this is what it is. Well, as we repeat things, as we learn things, they become part of our knowledge. But we probably forget 90% probably. of it. Yeah, Well, that's fine. The 10% is enough to, yeah, to change your <laughs> life as well. So um, anything exciting happening happened, is about to happen? Ooh, well, it's a sunny day. It's the month of October. It's my birthday month. Ooh. Um, and it will be public knowledge at this point. I'm going to be an auntie and I'm very excited. Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> The, the, that's really good, and I'm going to be an uncle too, but different, 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 <laughs> but We're very a close. Months apart, but it's all very um, exciting. This is very exciting, and y- you have um, also uh, un- understanding that you have something s- a gender reveal. Gosh. Can you say that? I can say it now because everyone's going to know. I, my sister, is having a baby, and it's super exciting. And I was in charge of putting together the gender reveal balloon. Um, and so I, at this point, I know the knowledge and nobody else does. Well, I can tell you now because she will know. It's, I have a nephew and I'm very oh. uh, excited. And, but I keep watching all these gender reveal videos of things going wrong. <laughs> yes. Like where they pop a butt, pop a um, balloon uh, and it comes out rainbow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. poor woman's just confused. <laughs> or the ones that I've seen where they... Uh, Throw it out, and all of a sudden, it's a the wrong color. They ordered the wrong one from Kmart. So something. my sister keeps trying to ask me what the gender is, and I said, um, "I've heard. I'm telling her about the horror stories, and I'm just making her die. It's so funny." Yeah. Oh well. It would be so hard for a mama, you know, not to know <laughs> what their, well, ch- their choice. Their choice. <laughs> Yes, what I think this is beautiful. So it's a very exciting times where we and it's nice to have kids in the family, especially if they're at least I think that uh, that are not your own. And these, so I can I can enjoy pamper them the and then walk part. away. Bye bye. Back to you. <laughs> Back to you. So this is exciting. This is a beautiful gift of life. Um, uh, we're going to talk about life in a different way and through this gospel, beautiful um, story in the in the Bible. And I hope even as we we explore this gospel that we understand the depth, the the impact of, of life that God gives us 
when we turn to him in our desperation and we turn to him desperately, the question I want you to think about even as we hear this gospel is how desperate are you? So this week's reading, we're preparing for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time and the gospel reading is from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. As Jesus left Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting at the side of the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and to say, Son of David, Jesus, have pity on me. And many of them scolded him and told him to keep quiet. But he only shouted all the louder, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man. Courage, they said. Get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and went to Jesus. Then Jesus spoke, What do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, the blind man said to him, Master, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has saved you. And immediately his sight returned and he followed him along the road. So this the road is a quite a quite a significant part. This is all this all happens on the side of a road. And what side of what road? First of all, they were in Jericho. Jericho is it's all important, you know. If we need to understand that there's nothing written here for nothing, just as a as a poor detail. They're in Jericho, which is literally 15 minutes from. Jerusalem. Now they're heading to Jerusalem for the Passover. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is famous, is known, uh, but he's famous. Some people he has fans, and then he has people who don't like him. Okay, so there are people on the side of the road that there are thousands, thousands of people. Every person who was fifteen and up or twelve and up had to every year, whether if they lived within a twenty-five kilometer radius, they had to go to Jerusalem, and so there were. Thousands, maybe possibly tens of thousands of men walking on this road. Some of them with their wives, some of them with their children, but mostly men walking on this road. But not everyone could go. If you were blind, if you were disabled or whatever, you wouldn't take the journey every year. And so they were sitting at the side of the road, and there would have been a lot of priests and rabbis as well that would, wouldn't have, it wouldn't be their turn to serve. And they're all standing there in Jerusalem watching the procession of people. Really exciting. See if they see friends. But it's like a massive procession. And they're looking out for this guy, Jesus, from Galilee. Now, because some people were snickering at him and saying, you're causing division. What are you doing? What are you doing? And, but there were also people who liked him. And they were there on the side of the road waiting for him. And so I guess you can imagine like Bartimaeus calling out to Jesus like it wouldn't just be just stopping Jesus. Like it would have been because Jesus was gaining popularity and because some people didn't like him, everyone was kind of watching what he was going to do next. Yes. And so by Bartimaeus calling out to him, he was literally going to stop the procession, right? Exactly. And it wasn't just going to stop the procession of Jesus and his 200 followers. He was going to stop literally tens of thousands of people if he stopped the procession because it was a narrow road. So people couldn't necessarily walk around the crowd of that was gathered around Jesus. So they, it's literally, if he stopped Jesus, he was stopping tens of thousands of people. And so that's why the apostles were upset. That's why people around Jesus were upset saying, hey, are you crazy? Uh, are you so selfish that you're going to stop the entire procession for your needs? But no, this guy was too desperate 
he was too desperate and, and it was his bold faith that he just, you know, he, did, he didn't care. Like all those these obstacles, the crowd telling him to be silent, the apostles saying, no, no, you can't, you can't disturb Jesus. It was Bartimaeus' bold faith. He knew mm. what he wanted and he knew Jesus could give it to him. So he was like, no, no, stuff this. I'm, 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 exactly. I'm going to run to the Lord. And you have to understand that, that this guy, Bartimaeus, which literally means Bar is the son of, so Bartimaeus, Bar Abbas. So you have a lot of, and also Bin as well. Bar and Bin both means both mean the son of. Okay, so Bartimaeus, Timaeus means blind man. So Timaeus is blind. So the this guy was the son of a blind man. His father was blind. He was blind. He was in generational, in a generational curse and generational sin, in generational darkness all of his life. And he was sick of the darkness. He was sick of the darkness in his life. And a question I ask you, even here posed to you at this moment, is what is the darkness in your life that you are sick of? Well, if you are desperate enough, are you ready to do whatever it takes, like Bartimaeus, to stand up and say, that's it, I've had enough of this darkness. I'm going to Jesus at all costs, no matter what it takes. Even if it's going to embarrass me, even if it's going to cause um, disruption, I am going to go. And so he just wanted to get out of his darkness. So he gets up and he walks desperately and cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner, have mercy on me. So not only my sickness, but also get rid of my sin that causes the darkness in my life. And guess what? Jesus heals him. Yeah, I think we're just to backtrack a little bit. When the disciples had called Bartimaeus to go to Jesus and he, it says he got up and he threw off his cloak. Mm. Now, I think this is a really important note if, to, thing to note. If Bartimaeus was blind and he threw off his cloak, mm. like if say you or I, we can see perfectly well. Yes. Um, we threw off our cloak and this big procession's happening. We can go back a couple of hours later and pick up that cloak and it, it might still be there if someone didn't steal it. But Bartimaeus, like, he, he knew that Jesus was going to heal him. He knew that after he had this encounter with God, he was going to see again. Yes. And he could definitely go back and find his cloak. Like, And if he walked back blind again, he wouldn't be able to find that's it. So right. he, he knew yeah, how amazing eh, that he trusted that God would heal him, that Jesus would heal him so much that he was ready to throw off all his security, throw everything, to leave everything behind. And this is, again, where God calls us to, at all cost, without hesitancy, to turn to the Lord. One of the things that a a friend of mine used to pray, he used to pray, God, make me holy, but not just yet. (laughs) Make me holy, but not just yet. Let me enjoy life a little bit more. It's hard, isn't it? Yes. But this wasn't Bartimaeus' attitude. It was, no, I don't care. I want you and I want all of you now. And so he he throws everything off and he runs and he disturbs the crowd. He stops Jesus. And what Jesus does, I love the word that is used there, that Jesus stops in his tracks. Now the word, the um, Aramaic word is kur, C-U-W-R. He pulls aside. It's like you pull over with a car. It's changing Basically, theologically, changing the direction of God. God was going one way, but and then he decides, no, I'm going to cool. I'm going to turn around. This happens also in another story where Jesus is walking and he pretends to keep going. And then he notices the man and then he turns and, and he comes back. So uh, this is the power of prayer. This is the mm-hmm. power of desperation that we literally can turn 
move the hand of God, turn the heart. Theologically, not really, but what we can. God turns towards us as we turn to Him in desperation. The power of prayer, the power of persistent prayer. Yeah, and I think so. Bartimaeus, he was healed physically in his blindness, but he was also healed spiritually. And sometimes, you know, we we need our vision restored as well. Like sometimes, you know, sin and stresses of life and sadness, it clouds our vision, but we can't, and we can't see things as they really are. And so we need to have that, that boldness in approaching Jesus to ask Jesus to open our eyes to see what he wants us to see. Yes, yes, and yes. And that, uh, and this is where he was. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he wanted. When you go to a dentist and you 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 have a toothache. You don't say, ah, oh, okay. Um, the dentist says, what can I do for you? And you say, you don't just say, ah, oh, no, do whatever you need. No, actually, this second tooth is hurting me. Can you check that? Yeah. And this is what Bartimaeus knew. He knew when Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? He through a life of self-examination, through a life of uh, that w- was. Um, a reflectful life he knew what who jesus was and what jesus could do for him yeah and it's such a contrast like i was just thinking as you said you know he knew like when you go to the dentist you know what you want but for sometimes like i kind of say you know leave it to the experts like Mm. i'm not great at making decisions like if i'm going out shopping for clothes for example i would rather take the opinion of the shop assistant than make the decision myself and so and sometimes it can be like that with God, you know, like you don't really know what to pray for. So like maybe right. what would you say to people who come to prayer and they just don't well, know what they need? Well, this is, I think, an act, an act of surrender. This is something beautiful. And this is where, where I see Mary, the role of Mary. And also we spoke about this in the, the gift of the, of, of the praying in tongues, okay? Mm-hmm. I believe those both are, are surrendering to the will of God by just saying, look, Jesus, I don't really know what I need right mm-hmm. now, but Mary... You, you pray for me. You, you, yeah. And it's the same with praying in tongues. Sort of you, you're praying and asking God at the end of the day to fulfill the need that you don't know that you actually need. And we need to have moments like that of prayer. We need to have moments of surrender because God knows what we need more than we do. But the question here I would come back to, I would say is what are you desperate for? What are you desperate for? Are you desperate to surrender? Are you desperate to get rid of that sin in your life? Are you desperate enough to, to cry out for, for your children who are, uh, have run away from the faith? How desperate are you? You can say, oh, God knows, that's okay, I don't need to pray about it, God knows. No, but this man, Jesus, knew about the Bartimaeus, he had seen him. But the act of desperation also was necessary. The crying out to Jesus, the stopping of the crowd, the inconvenience that is caused. And sometimes it's a financial inconvenience, finding the the spiritual direction, the medical help that you need. Yes, other times it's a rehab that you have to go through. It's, a, it's certainly an inconvenience and an embarrassment sometimes. And it's a stopping work. You're stopping the crowd. But how desperate are you to be whole, to use the gifts that God has given you to become whole and full of life that God has given you? Yeah. And sometimes we choose a life of convenience. We choose our blindness. We choose to stay in our darkness with our cloak as opposed to crying out to Jesus and guess what? We end up staying in that darkness, living and dying in that darkness because we're not desperate enough. 
And we can see that Bartimaeus, he was ready for this complete transformation. You can see that in the way that he reacted after he was healed. Like Bartimaeus didn't just go off on his way. It says in the gospel that he went and followed along the same road as Jesus did. Bartimaeus was ready to become a member of the church. Like he was ready... Yeah, like he, it, the, the encounter with Bartimaeus and Jesus, it ended in discipleship. It didn't just, oh, let me get what I want from you, Jesus. Goodbye, I'm going off in my life. Like, thank you so much, Jesus. The only, the only real, again, this is my word of the week, the only real reaction and the, the, the correct response to that is to, to follow Jesus and be inspired and, and try and emulate his life in, in that self-sacrifice. And that's hard. <laughs> it is hard because you see that an encounter with God, a true encounter with God, doesn't, it's not a hit and run. A true encounter with God requires, and as a consequence, not out of duty, but out of, uh, out of overflow, it requires you to spend the rest of your life living for that, dying for that, because you've encountered Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. And once you encounter that, there's no turning back. Everything else is superficial. Everything That's else right. makes no sense. Nothing else is going to satisfy. Like Once you've had that encounter, like you just want more of that. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is where Bartimaeus lived. Maybe he changed his name because the son of, it wouldn't make sense to, to <laughs> leave him as Bartimaeus. But he, he ended up following Jesus according to the scripture verse. because And it wasn't because of the healing. It's because Jesus took him out of the darkness. And we hear this over and over and over in the scriptures. Like Mary Magdalene, who, where, where she broke the alabaster jar, where he for, she gave, forgave much. Therefore, she was grateful much. And so this is the way God works with us. And every person who encountered the light from the darkness gave their life to Jesus. And sometimes uh, I question, are we, are we so comfortable in our darkness that do, do we not believe that Jesus can heal us? Do we not believe that Jesus can set us free? And if you did believe it, you'd be desperate and you'd act out of desperation and nothing would stop you. Yeah. I think the final point I wanted to make about this podcast is really interesting to see the contrast in the way that um, the crowds treated Bartimaeus versus how Jesus treated Bartimaeus. Mm. The crowds were kind of like... Yeah, it's too hard. You're going to disturb Jesus. Like, don't it's, you're not you're, you're not worth it. Basically, is what they were were saying. But Jesus says no. Like Jesus was ready to stop those crowds because Bartimaeus was worth it. You know, in all of his sin and in all of his darkness, and it's the same with us. Like, it doesn't matter where we're at, we are worth it. And and, and Jesus sees us, and Jesus will stop for us if we bold, boldly ask. Exactly, exactly. And there's nothing we can do that can separate us from His love. And how beautiful God is towards us. So, um, yeah, just don't be afraid. Be not afraid. I, I love that how Jesus says over and over and over again um, n- not to be afraid of his, of his love, of his presence. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month, as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program, where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com slash donate. So this week, it's time for the mystery box. A different, 
I hear. A little bit different this week. Um, this was sent in to us from Jenny in Islamabad. Islamabad, wow. I know, very far away. Um, and so COVID's obviously um, stuffing up postage all, all around the world. I'm sure we've all got stories, but Jenny has sent us a picture of a submission. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know what it was, but I do know now. So I have to guess what it you is. You have to guess. It's a, From it's a, a picture. It's a picture. Okay. And it is true. It's like postage is crazy. We uh, even our merchandising. Look, we have all our Christmas <laughs> merchandising. We don't know if we're going to get it by Christmas, but anyway, you can check it out on our store page. <laughs> for this. Okay, so and I folded the picture as well to make oh, it you know, a, bit, a bit more epic. In, in four. <laughs> okay, I'm going to show it to the camera first. Okay, okay. Um, you can see it there. So there's two things, and you've got to look at what the arrow is pointing to. Okay, I'm seeing a mobile phone. It's not the phone. It's not the phone. See where the pink arrow is? Okay, where the pink arrow, that's a loop. It's not a stylus, is it? A stylus? A stylus. What's that? So you can write on the phone. No. <laughs> Good okay. guess, though. Good guess. So this is um, a stick. looks like a bamboo stick. Um, and the string with it, I have no idea. Maybe some kind of knitting material, um, crochet or whatever. Mm. No, <laughs> no. I don't know if you would describe it that way, but it's not exactly right. Like, uh, you've got to be specific, Father. I'm sorry, I'm making this <laughs> okay. really hard for you. Okay, I have no idea. I'm not a knit- knitter. <laughs> so, what it is Ooh. is it's a threader of pajama cord for. I hope I say this right. Shalwas, which is the local trousers in the Indo-Pak subcontinent. So those like in. Ah, wow! So it's like a big button. Well, not quite. It's you thread the cord through the string at the top. It's like the, to, to make the elastic, I think that's right. And you use the wooden bit to guide the string through the top of the shalwa. And you <laughs> okay. can tie the cord at the front for comfort. So it's I'll like to, it's a thing to help like with clothing. I'll have to Google it some other time. Yeah. Maybe uh, we can find a video of how to actually use yeah. it. But great submission, Jenny. I, I didn't get it. Father, I knew Father Up wasn't going to get it. So, yeah. And that's the whole point of this segment. Thank you. Send in there your submissions <laughs> as well. PO Box 96, Strathdale, Victoria. Um, Australia. Three, two, one. It's time for Saint me a picture. Saint Luke. Oi. Feast I day October eighteenth. The day this podcast is released. Happy feast day, Saint. Luke. Happy feast day to all the Lukes in the, mm. in this world as well. What do we know about Saint Luke? Okay, so he was the patron of physicians and surgeons. He wasn't one of the twelve apostles, but he did write the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. We know that he was a Greek and a Gentile, and so his gospel's got a bit of a soft spot for the Gentiles, evangelizing to Gentiles. We know that uh, Luke joined Paul in Christian ministry, and we can look at the Acts of the Apostles to see the trail um, of where Luke was with Paul or where Luke was you know, hearing about what Paul and um, the people around Paul were doing. Uh, what else? Luke's gospel is also really... Um, He's got a lot of stories of the women in Jesus's life. So it's got stories of the annunciation, the visitation, the presentation and, you know, Jesus lost in the temple for three days. And so I guess we really can thank Luke for those scriptural parts Mm. of the Hail Mary. Yes. Uh, uh, Lots of things I do like about Luke. First of all, he never met Jesus. He came into the scene after Jesus. We went through the whole gospel of Luke 
um, and with Danny. With Danny, yes. So we did a lot of explaining with that. But he was he was um, a doctor, a physician, and he, in fact, even the the stories that he talks about Jesus, he talks with great details about spitting and putting the spit in Jesus in this person's mouth and when eyes and so he was using the medicine of the time and also he traditionally. Um, mythologically maybe he was a painter and I believe somehow he was a painter <laughs> because he actually visited Malta with um, with St. Paul. St. Paul shipwrecked in Malta and um, there's a painting in Alcool Cathedral which traditionally was painted by St. Luke. Um, what I love also about Luke was that he was so faithful to Paul. He was just an incredible servant of, of St. Paul. He stayed with him through shipwreck. He stayed. He didn't have to. He wasn't under arrest. Paul was. But he stayed with him as, as his helper, as his journalist, maybe, as a, a servant. And even in, went to prison with him and stayed with him in prison. Yes. Like sort of you go to quarantine and then someone comes to quarantine with you for 14 days yes. to keep <laughs> your company. <laughs> but it was longer than 14 days, I'm sure. But he was just so loyal to Paul. And again, as you said, he loved the women in Jesus' life, yes. particularly Mary. And he, I can imagine how he would have spent hours and days with Mary. Now, think about it. That Luke wasn't a Jew, and so Mary opened her door to a, a Gentile, to, and she would just talk about Jesus for hours and hours and hours, and that's where we get a lot of the insights of the Gospel of Luke um, through the interaction. I think the journalism, he would have been a really good journalist, I'm sure, um, asking questions about Jesus. And um, yeah, and so this is a, a, a worth reading through the Gospel of Luke with with those eyes but not only Luke he wrote another book in the bible which is that what is that the acts of the apostles so that's also written by Luke it's the extension of Luke so Luke doesn't end with the final chapter of Luke but continues with the acts of the apostles as well hmm. there you go topic of the week will Jesus, what's the question? What's the topic? The topic is, will Jesus ever forgive me? And the extension of that, I guess, is, is there any sin that, that God cannot forgive? Oh. well, Big one. Yeah, there's a, there's the sin against the Holy Spirit, which mm-hmm. the scripture says. Do you know what verse it is in the Bible? It says I do. It's um, Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 to 32. And it says, so a bit of context, uh, Jesus, he'd healed a blind and a mute, like, um, demoniac. Is that the right way? How do I say yeah. that? Demoniac. Demoniac. Yeah. And I guess the Pharisees had attributed this, attributed this healing to like through the power of demons. So basically saying that Jesus had done this through the power of demons and not through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus responded um, with a bit of a spiel. And then his final verse in this section says, Therefore I tell you, people will be forgiven for every sin and blasphemy, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So what's the role of the Holy Spirit? At the end of the day, the role of the Holy Spirit is to bring us to Jesus, to reconcile us with the Father. So the, it's the love, the power, the forgiveness, the mercy of the Holy Spirit that brings us and, uh, and helps us encounter the person of Jesus and brings us, and Jesus through the cross brings us to the Father. So the sin against the Holy Spirit is the sin that cannot be forgiven, is where the sin where we don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit, where we don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives when we are ready to repent, to turn mm-hmm. away from sin. That's right. So basically it's saying God can't forgive us of our sins if we don't ask for it. Exactly. If we don't uh, allow God to forgive our sins, then 
then it's impossible to be forgiven. So this is the first requirement. First of all, God is a, is a forgiving God. He wants to forgive you more than you want to be forgiven. And there is no sin. Think of the most creative. Think of the worst sin. Think of the worst people who ever existed. If they turn to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, God is going to forgive because God is mercy. And God also heals us as we forgive, as we ask for forgiveness. He heals us from the effects of sin. But... But here's the thing, not necessarily the earthly consequences of sin. You want to give us an example? Yeah, so for example, if someone murders somebody, God's not going to bring, God's not going to unmurder them. Yeah, exactly. Like you'll be forgiven for murdering the person, but you still need to suffer the consequences for murdering that person. So if that's separation from the community, like spending time in prison or... Exactly, but again, not bringing back the person to life. If you... Um, uh, whatever, in fornication and you get someone pregnant, God's not going to unpregnate mm-hmm. and take away the child, you know? So the, the, there is a consequence of, of our actions. And when, when we, but God also brings goodness out of, out of even the consequences of sin when we turn to him in his own way. But again, God is mercy. God is, God is forgiveness. And forgiveness, just for those of you who are upset that God would forgive a murderer, just think about it. Forgiveness is nothing, absolutely nothing to do with, with things being balanced, like fair. God certainly, his mercy outweighs our action. He's going, we don't deserve it. None of us deserve God's forgiveness. But this is the, the power of the cross. And if you say God cannot forgive you or cannot forgive that person for doing that sin, then you're discounting the cross. You're, you're discounting the power of the cross. Jesus died on the cross for that person. If you were the only person, if your sin was the only sin in the world, Jesus would have died for that sin and and to set you free. So there is power in the cross. There's healing, there's forgiveness in the cross. But let's get a bit technical and practical here. Yeah. Okay, there are different kinds of sin. Yes, so the mortal sin and venial sin. Ooh. I'm not going to lie. I sometimes get really confused by this. I know that you know we, we spoke about this in our mass course, plug, plug. If you haven't checked that out, please check out our mass course. That at the beginning of mass, when we ask forgiveness of our sins, at that point, all of our venial sins are forgiven. That's correct. Yes, so that's a prayer of absolution for our venial sins. Now, what's the difference between venial and mortal sin? Well, for, for mortal to be a mortal sin is literally we're separating ourselves from God through our actions. Okay, so there are three things that are required for a mortal sin. One, it needs to be grave matter. It has to be something serious, okay? So if you um, drink a glass of water that was not yours, that's not grave matter, okay? But if you, um, I don't know, uh, commit adultery, that is grave yeah. matter, okay? Or if you do... Um, if you 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 I don't I don't want to give particular examples, but there are things that are grave matter. Murder someone, you um, you do something grave. That's first of all. That's the first thing. The second thing, it needs to be. You need to be full knowledge. You need to know that you're doing that. Yeah. And full knowledge. So if, let's say if you're mentally not there, if you're under the influence of something, uh, the, um, there is grave matter in being under the influence <laughs> of something. Yes, but. Um, you have to have full knowledge that you are doing that, okay? So if you don't know that you're taking um, something, uh, you're taking a, a, a car or some, you do something and you kill someone, but you don't know that you... I don't know, giving examples is terrible. It's really... <laughs> I, and I'm not the greatest at giving but examples, need, but 
Yeah, you need to know that you're doing something wrong. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and you need to know that it is grave matter, okay? So it's a grave matter. You have to have the full knowledge that what you are doing is grave matter. And the third thing is that you have to f- have full consent, okay? You're not being forced to do it. If someone, for example, um, a horrible <laughs> example, rapes, you know, in rape, um, th- there's it's grave matter. Yes, it is it, your full knowledge that's happening, but... The, the the victim doesn't have full consent it doesn't it's not it's not able so there is no mortal sin there so you see the, the, it it needs to have those three things grave matter full knowledge and full consent now venial on the other hand is it's not it's not a, a deliberate turning away from god there usually um it's it's things that are caused by weakness now when we talk and this i don't want to go too much into things like this but the church also talks about when we go back to mortal sin is full knowledge and full consent is when there is addiction for example when someone is addicted to something and they keep sinning in the same way even though it is grave matter there not is isn't necessarily always full consent okay so it decreases the gravity of the action not not or not of the matter but of the action um, so again, venial sin is things like weakness of the flesh, like you lie um, out of not deliberately, not planning a lie, scheming a lie, but you lie, and then um, or you you take someone's glass of water, <laughs> whatever. I'm gonna take your water. <laughs> yeah. So um, these, so God forgives those sins, the weakness of sin, and sometimes we fall, we fall into those several times a day, and mm-hmm. we just need to ask for forgiveness, but. With mortal sin, we need to approach the sacrament of reconciliation. It's important because that separates us, because of our deliberate choice, separates us from the grace of God, and we need to to return to that grace. And we should not, if we are a mortal sin, we should not approach Holy Communion. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we're lying, we're deceiving ourselves and saying that we're in full communion with God when we actually aren't. Now, hear me out. Sometimes, for example, during this pandemic, we are unable to go to confession. Okay, don't stop praying or don't stop uh, approaching God because you're in mortal sin. Just ask for forgiveness. The Pope tells us to make an act of contrition. And when you reasonably can go to confession, at your earliest, when you reasonably can, go, go and have have a confession. But keep approaching the Lord. Know God's mercy. Know God's love. And God's always going to forgive us every time we ask, every time we turn to the Lord. So, yeah. But again, uh, maybe I don't. Want to, uh, I don't know if you have anything else. But I just want to talk about quickly reconciliation. For it to be a valid reconciliation, then on the other hand, there are three things. That, um, actually, let's talk about two things that need to happen. One is you need to be authentically sorrowful for your sin. Yeah. You need to be sorry. Uh, like you have to um, acknowledge. Don't go to confession and say, "Oh, Father, uh, I'm not really a bad person. I never really murdered anyone." And can you give me absolution? That's not a confession. You see, there needs to be substance. There needs to be the confession of sin. You don't need to mention every single detail, okay, of the sin. For example, if you someone says, um, I've had confessions, <laughs> I'm not disclosing anything of anyone, but someone would say, Father, I said this, this, and they list like 20 swear words that they swore throughout <laughs> the week. <laughs> or they went into, um, they had um, a sexual encounter and they're giving you details of that. You don't need to do any of that. Just bring your sins to the Lord and, and just know that it's, it's there for forgiveness. So there needs to be matter, there needs to be content. Then you need to be sorrowful for your sin, okay? That's with at least the intention not to do it again, okay? But after that, you're given penance. 
Now, the penance is not because you're being punished for your sin, but because, first of all, you need to pray for others because your sin has not only affected your relationship with God, but it has affected the community. So now you have a responsibility to pray for the community, to pray for the people you hurt, to pray for the next person who is, who's coming to confession, to make sure that you do reparation. And again, to use that word reparation, um, if you, for example, stolen, um, it's important to have restitution. That's part of the reparation. Complicated words all here. The restitution is, for example, if you've stolen something or you've done something wrong, you need to stop, one. And two, you need to, to return what you stole. Yeah. And if you're unable to return it to the people that you stole it from, then give it to the poor. Restitution is important. Just because you confess, it doesn't take away the effects. And uh, you can do something about the effects, the 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 uh, mortal, sort of the, the effects of this life to make someone else's life better through your reparation and restitution. Lots and lots of information there. And I think um, we need to make it a resource about confession. And that's something that I'm going to work on. And I think um, it'll be very, very helpful for everybody. But to sum up, is there any sin that God cannot forgive? No, there is no sin that is greater than the mercy of God. But we do need to ask for that forgiveness. God's not going to refuse us if if we ask. Um, and sometimes we need to ask him through our direct with God always in every sin. Ask God for mercy, make an act of contrition. But and then there are certain things that we need to bring to confession, especially if it's mortal sin. That's right. Again, um, I, before we finish off here, I'd just like to remind you to check out our courses. Tell us something quickly about our online courses. Um, online courses, we, as part of our subscription package, Father Rob's new weekly program that's airing on Shalom TV. We've got some special teacher and student resources that go along with the weekly series, but that's only available on our as part of our Encounter subscription, we've got a brand new website, www.encountercourses.com. Go and check that out. It's got a brand new, fresh look. We're very excited. Um, we've got some special deals going on as well with subscription. Um, also, please join us on the 10th of November. If you're a ministry partner, we're going to be closing off this season of the podcast with a live Q&A, but it's only open to ministry partners. So head to frgministry.com forward slash ministry partner for information on how you can do that. Novena. Do we have the novena? We do. At the end of this week, we're going to begin it be, uh, again. We're going to be starting a nine-day live rosary novena. We're going to be praying the rosary for nine days for the sanctification of the world. Join Father Rob, myself, the FRG ministry team. We can't wait to pray with the entire world. This um live event is free for everybody online youtube facebook and frgministry.com forward slash devotion sorry i pressed the wrong button (laughs) (laughs) that's right gosh there's just too much going on and we're gonna we're gonna go out with a bang for the rest of 2021 follow us on social media at catholic influences underscore on instagram facebook.com forward slash catholic influences cath influences on twitter Send me an email podcast at frgministry.com and just check out our podcast website, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. Send us mystery boxes. Is there anything that I missed? I hope you're all taking notes. There's a (laughs) lot of information we just sent out just now. Thank you so much. You'll hear from us again next week. God bless. Bye.